Good morning. It's Wednesday, January 17th, and this is the Daily Chirp Podcast. We're bringing you a closer look at one of our top stories, along with other important things going on in our community. Today, our focus is on a profound and somber event, the tragic death of U.S. Border Patrol agent Freddy Ortiz. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our sponsors at Lolly Automotive. Hi everyone, I'm Sean Lawley from the Lawley Automotive Group, and we've stocked up on inventory at all of our dealerships. If you've been thinking about a new car, we've got the deal for you on a new Buick, GMC, Chevrolet, Ford, Kia, Hyundai, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You don't have to go to Tucson or Phoenix to buy a new vehicle. We're your hometown dealer since 1995. We'll beat the big city dealers in price, and our customer service is small-town dealer friendly. Come into any one of the Lawley dealerships today, or shop lollycars.com and see why nobody beats a Lawley deal. Nobody. Now some Arizona trivia. Did you know that University of Arizona Wildcats player Rob Gronkowski was a tight end renowned as one of the greatest in football history? He excelled at the University of Arizona, setting team records despite playing only two seasons. He played for 11 professional seasons, primarily with the New England Patriots and later with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Gronkowski is a four-time Super Bowl champion and five-time Pro Bowl selectee and also made the NFL 2010's All-Decade and NFL 100th Anniversary All-Time teams. Today's history is brought to you by Benson Hospital. They're doing more than treating illnesses in Benson. They're building a healthier community. Benson Hospital is now collaborating with the Diaper Bank of Southern Arizona to provide diaper assistance to families in need. For more information, visit their website at bensonhospital.org. Now our future story. On the evening of November 14th, Agent Freddie Ortiz, age 44, encountered a fatal accident. While responding to a situation along International Avenue in Douglas involving suspected undocumented non-citizens, Ortiz crashed his all-terrain vehicle into a fixed light pole. This incident tragically ended his life. The Cochise County Sheriff's Office conducted a thorough investigation into this incident. Their findings, based on an extensive autopsy and scene analysis, pointed towards an accidental death caused by blunt force injuries. These included skull and rib fractures, a brain bleed, and lacerations to Ortiz's heart and aorta. Toxicology reports showed no presence of substances like ethanol, amphetamines, or opiates. Video surveillance played a crucial role in piecing together the events leading to the accident. Deputy Daniel Brennan of the Traffic Accident Reconstruction Team described the footage, noting how Ortiz and his partner navigated the roadway moments before the crash. The videos revealed that Ortiz's ATV veered off the road and tumbled, leading to the fatal collision with the light pole. The scene of the accident, a dirt road parallel to the international border, presented certain challenges. Investigators noted tire indentations leading to the pole Ortiz struck but found no skid marks, suggesting no attempt to stop before the collision. The damaged ATV was found powered on, and Ortiz's body was discovered 15 feet from the light pole. Despite the comprehensive investigation, some aspects remain unclear. For instance, the speed at which Ortiz was traveling could not be determined. Additionally, the potential distractions or visibility issues Ortiz might have faced remain speculative. Freddie Ortiz, a respected member of the USBP's Tucson sector, previously served in the U.S. Navy and continued his service in the Navy Reserve. His death was mourned by colleagues and the community, with a funeral mass held at St. Andrew the Apostle Catholic Church and interment at Southern Arizona Veterans Memorial Cemetery. 
Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Ace Hardware. Hi, this is Les from Sierra Vista Ace. This is a great time to paint. Ace Stocks, Clark and Kensington, Valspar, Dunn Edwards, and our own Ace Royal Paint in interior and exterior finishes. We can computer match other brands and colors too. All the colors you can imagine, even one named Sierra Vista. Decide on the wall or room to paint, bring in a color idea, and let Ace mix your paint. Treat yourself to a new brush and roller too. Save gas, save time, shop Ace for Service A since 1981 on the corner of Fry and Highway 92. Next, adaptive sports have come a long way since the first Paralympic Games in 1960. Wheelchair technology, televised events, and even giant corporations have played a role in its growth. John Cousy of Cronkite News has more on the story. Adaptive sports have come a long way since the first Paralympic Games in 1960. Wheelchair technology televised events, and even giant corporations have played a major role in its growth. John Cousy joins us now with more on the world of adaptive sports. It was Disability Pride Month in July, and with the month coming to a close, it's important that we look at how far adaptive sports have come and how beneficial they are to the disabled community. To some, a disability may come at birth, but to others, it may come when you least expect it. However, Having a disability doesn't mean your active life has to end. I've been an amputee since I was almost five years old. Um, didn't know adaptive sports existed back then. I'm from a small town in Indiana. I was hurt in a car accident when I was seven years old and um, I became paralyzed from the waist down. At that time, I didn't know about adaptive sports. With little attention to adaptive sports in the early 2000s, some adaptive athletes played high school sports with non-disabled competitors. I was the only kid in a chair at my high school. Um, so there was definitely, it was, this is back in like 1999, 2000. So there was definitely a lot of awareness that needed to be happening. One thing left out of the conversation was the different set of rules for wheelchair tennis players. Specifically, the two bounce rule, which helps wheelchair players get to the ball because they can't move laterally. A lot of the other coaches from other teams had no idea that this two-bounce rule even existed, and I remember going to matches and the other coaches and other players asking, like, is this really fair that she gets two bounces? It was kind of like making some waves and having a lot of people ask questions, and, and they were wondering if, you know, if, this is, if more people are going to start to do this. With the help of programs like the one at the University of Arizona, more players have gotten into adaptive athletics. My philosophy is that if you are a student with a disability and you come in my doors and say, uh, Pete, I want to play bocce ball or I want to do power soccer or I want to do swimming, it's my job to help you do that. The Wildcats have been one of the most predominant adaptive sports programs in the country since they began 44 years ago. And as technology evolved, so did the programs at Arizona. They now have eight programs and a fully adapted weight room for their athletes. Easy access and independent living is an important thing. You know, it's, uh, we don't want um, our athletes to come in here and have to use equipment that they have to wait for somebody else to help them use. Um, they got to come in here, they got to get their work done, they got to get out. One piece of technology that has helped grow adaptive sports are wheelchairs. Here you can see how I move in my personal wheelchair. And here I am in a sports wheelchair. As you can see, I am much more mobile. 
Technology is huge, especially when it comes to prosthetics, wheelchairs. I mean, when they started wheelchair basketball, everybody was using day chairs. Now we have specialized sports chairs that we use. Along with new and improved wheelchairs, social media caught on and has helped grow adaptive sports fans. The accessibility and awareness that we have to be able to see things and with our phones, just to be able to like record something and put it on, post it on the internet, people are aware and it's, it's super cool. And because of that, our athletes are getting treated and making money that they should be deserving as of any other athlete without a disability. Even as adaptive sports started to bring in money and sponsors, the most important thing remains the benefit for adaptive athletes to stay active and healthy by playing. It's essential. I mean, the power of sport is a real thing. I believe in it 100%. There's a study that's out. His study showed wheelchair employment. Uh, wheelchair users' employment level was 18%. And then you add education, it goes to 23. And then if you add education and sport, it goes to 54. With 13% of Arizona's population having some sort of disability, just know it is never too late to get started playing adaptive sports. From wheelchair basketball to wheelchair tennis, adaptive sports are growing. Athletes are getting sponsorship deals from corporations like Adidas, and less and less of the disabled community are choosing to watch from the sidelines. In the newsroom, John Cousy, Cronkite News. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Prestige Family Living. Here at Prestige Assisted Living at Sierra Vista, the holidays are about to get ugly. Join us for our ugly sweater party taking place December 15th from 2 to 4 p.m. Amid the beauty of the season, we want to see your most garish garments. The best of the worst holiday sweaters will win prizes and will have snacks and refreshments along with all sorts of holiday fun. For more, visit prestigecare.com slash Sierra Vista. Again, that's prestigecare.com slash Sierra Vista. Next, an upcoming event that you should know about. This Thursday at 4 p.m., the Sierra Vista Camera Club is getting together for their monthly meeting at the Sierra Vista Police Department. Meet fellow photographers, learn new techniques, and share your favorite photos. All skill-level photography fans are welcome. Finally, today we're remembering the life of Armando Enriquez of Whetstone. Armando was born in 1933 in Bacarac, Sonora, Mexico. He enjoyed spending time with his family and friends, listening to music, taking long walks with his dog Pinpollo, and attending Diamondbacks baseball games. He was a wonderful, loving, caring man, and was the type of person that would gladly give anyone the shirt off his back. He always had a smile on his face. He is survived by his wife of 64 years, Julia, and 10 children and their spouses, 30 grandchildren and 23 great-grandchildren, his brother, and a large extended family. Thank you for taking a moment to celebrate and remember Armando's life. Thanks for tuning in to the Herald Review podcast today. And remember, the Herald Review is here for you with local news you can trust. Subscribe today for unlimited access to all of our content for just $14 per month. This is less than the cost of one hour of one reporter's work on a single story. Also, want to stay up to date on what's going on? Join Neighbor, your trusted neighborhood community. Neighbor is a free online forum you can trust to connect with your community, focus on facts, and make a difference. Join the conversation. Visit nabur.myheraldreview.com. 
It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, especially in Cochise County. Become part of the hyperlocal conversation on Cochise County's exclusive social media platform, Neighbor. That's N-A-B-U-R. Your neighbors are striking up meaningful conversations, sharing exquisite Cochise County photos, and respecting each other's views without any other social media noise. No unwanted advertising and only respectful conversations on hot community topics. That's right. Our journalism project manager can set the record straight and help answer any pressing questions about the happenings in our community. Join the conversation at myheraldreview.com slash N-A-B-U-R.